We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, what is going on, everybody? How you doing? What is up? Welcome to the first episode, 2022 Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. I am your host, Patrick Moran. You can find me on Twitter, at Moran Tweets. Big, big thank you to everyone out there, as always, for locking into this podcast, listening. Surely it means a lot to me. Again, first episode of the year, and let's just be honest, folks, okay? <laughs> Could 2021 have ended any shittier than it did? Over the last couple of days of the year, and this just happened, I mean, I just dropped an episode, I think, last Wednesday or Thursday, so I didn't talk about it with Joe Yurden last week, but man, first John Madden, and then Betty White. Betty White, just a few weeks shy of her 100th birthday. I mean, come on, man. What a horrible, but you know what? I guess a fitting way to end 2021. A very crappy year for, for many people out there as COVID continues to, to run wild on all of us. But anyway, you know, I was explaining to my son here and, and I got a really good show for you today. Julianne Pelusi from WGR, WGRZ TV Channel 2 Buffalo. She's going to join me in just a couple of minutes. I'm excited about that. But anyway, back to John Madden real quick here. I was explaining to my son the impact that uh, that John Madden had in football. Not just football. You know what? Also pop culture. And like most teenagers, you know, my kid is, he just turned 19. Uh, he's only heard of John Madden primarily because of the Madden EA Sports video game, which, you know, I understand that. So I, I took a lot of pride in explaining to him that, you know what, he was... So much more than that. First and foremost, John Madden, a Hall of Fame NFL football coach, one of the greatest of all times. He spent 10 years as the head coach of the Raiders. I'm looking up his stats right now. and I mean, you got to be kidding me, man. 103, 32, and 7. That's a, a 759 winning percentage. He won a Super Bowl. He coached the Raiders to the playoffs eight times in those 10 years. So again, one of the greatest football coaches to ever live. He's also a guy that was the standard, I think, when it comes to, to football color commentators, CBS, Fox, NBC, ABC, the only guy to ever work all four networks covering NFL games. He did it from 1979 to 2008. Uh, many of them, if you're old enough to remember, or if not, I'm sure you've heard about it. Maybe you saw some 
stuff on YouTube, things like that. But many of them with Pat Summerall over at CBS at first and then Fox, which is probably the most famous and for my money, the best NFL broadcasting duo of all time. No question about it. So you got that. And then, of course, the Madden video game. Uh, that dates all the way back to the late 80s. And that became and still is a must-have for any sports-loving gamer for, again, literally generations now. I don't really play video games anymore, but I did. And when I did, man, that was a must-have game. I used to look forward every single year when it got to be around fall for the new Madden to come out. Love that game. So, yeah, man, John Madden, a football and a pop culture icon. And, uh, you know, speaking of icons, of course, Betty White. I mean, <laughs> what's her to say? You know, one of the true queens of comedy. Her comedic timing was unparalleled. And probably the coolest thing about Betty White for me is I think that Betty White might have been the most, like, universally liked celebrity on the face of this earth. Didn't matter. It doesn't matter what you are. Old, young, white, black. None of that shit matters, man. Everybody loved having some Betty White in their life, you know? And what a great life too, you know? How, folks, <laughs> how amazing do you have to be, you know? And how amazing is your life that you live to 99 years old, you're just a couple weeks shy, again, of, of turning 100, and living to 99, nearly 100, it feels to some extent, like she still died too young. You know? Isn't that crazy? Anyway, that, that crappy end to, to 2021. Hopefully, uh, your New Year's was good and you're off to a good start for 2022. Not gonna lie to you, not a great start for me. Um, Saturday, New Year's Day, I, I spent most of my Saturday at Media Care. Wasn't feeling good. Haven't felt good in a couple days. And, uh, you know, Obviously, I was concerned about COVID because I found out I was exposed directly to some people who had it uh, throughout the week. So I went to the hospital again, not feeling good. I tested negative for COVID, so I don't have COVID. Uh, I tested negative for the flu. I did. I still have like some type of viral infection. I got like some type of excess fluid in my lungs. It's bothering me, making my breathing kind of shitty. It's been really tired and just lack of energy. Anyway, you know, that's not great for someone like me who already lives with COPD, but whatever, man. I got some antibiotics and uh, I'll be fine. I'm not going to let that crap deter me because uh, I am really, really, really excited about this new year. I'm, I'm really excited about 2022. I'm really excited about this podcast. Uh, I just ordered some lights, by the way, some LED lights and some other stuff from, from Amazon. I've been talking about this for a while now. I am going to start having some video elements to this podcast in the coming weeks. And again, I've been talking about it for a long time. I finally said, screw it. Going to do it. Not going to have full video podcasts like some people out there have, but I'm going to have clips from shows. I'm going to have some like original content that you'll only find on video, like on our YouTube page, uh, stuff like that. I, I've been talking about this with, uh, you know, Joe Yurden on and off. And I talked about this on the show last week. This podcast, 2021, you know, when I moved back to Buffalo, I don't want to use the word stale. But I think this podcast has plateaued a little bit. And a lot of that's my fault. I've just had so much going on in my life. I haven't really had that extra energy and ambition to really uh, step things up again. But I do now. I feel really good. And I'm, I'm very focused on making this podcast for you guys listening better than ever. So 
Again, stay tuned for video stuff. And I'm going to start having a lot more uh, first-time guests. And speaking of, really excited about today's show. Uh, yeah, I want, to, I want to go back to one of my favorite things about doing this podcast was having somebody on for the first time and spending a lot of time getting to know these people beyond just the work they do. I love to pull back the curtain and give fans a chance to know about these people more than just uh, the work they do. So I'm a big fan of getting somebody on for the first time. And I got one today to start the year. Uh, Julianne Pelusi, she came over from, she came to WGZ, WGRZ. I don't know why I have a problem saying that's twice now I screwed that up. WGRZ TV, Channel 2 in Buffalo. She came to Buffalo in November of 2020, and she has done a really awesome job her first year or so here uh, in the Buffalo market. So we're going to talk about her life. We're going to talk about her career. Uh, we'll learn some fun facts about her. I'll ask her how she feels about living in Buffalo. We'll talk some Buffalo Bills, which by the way, I mean, a very, uh, very weird game Sunday against Atlanta. Not pretty at all. Three interceptions, uh, fumble on a pipe, four turnovers. You know, you're not going to win a lot of games when you turn the ball over four times. But the Bills did. They won. Bottom line, that's all that really matters, right? Bills win. They're in the playoffs for the third straight year, four times in five years under Sean McDermott. So a lot to be excited about. We'll talk about all that and plenty more. You know what? Matter of fact, let's just get into it right now. I've been babbling here enough at the top. You heard enough from me. Uh, here it is. The first episode of 2022 Talk Buffalo podcast. My chat with Channel 2 Buffalo's Julianne Pelusi. All right, I am joined right now by Julianne Pelusi, a sports reporter and anchor at WGRZ-TV. Happy uh, belated and very freezing cold Western New York. Happy New Year. Oh, it is freezing out today. I was going to run outside instead of inside. I had to decide against that decision. But it looks so nice out. The sun's out. The sun's shining. So, and uh, happy New Year to you as well. It's very cold. Scenic, <laughs> scenically, it's pretty. Yeah, um, it doesn't feel great. <laughs> I'm, no, I, look, I'm soft. I admit it. I, so uh, again, this is literally our first time we've ever had a conversation. Yeah. I'm, so I'm looking forward to getting to know you. And as always, when I have somebody on for the first time, this is about giving fans, people who like you, who like your work, an opportunity to know a little bit more about you beyond just the work that you do at, at Channel 2. Now, I grew up, I was born and raised in Buffalo. I've lived there my whole life, except there was a five-year gap where I moved to Florida, and I just came back to Buffalo last summer. And I love Buffalo. I love being back home. Not a big fan of this right now, though. Like, I'm talking to you right now with a skull cap on in my house and a, and a <laughs> cup of hot chocolate through our little video chat here. Yeah, I got home from the Bills game last night, and I literally left my skull cap and scarf on until... I went to bed <laughs> until I showered before bed. I, I, it, it was cold. It's cold. It is. It, it is. Cold, <laughs> but, uh, all right. Enough complaining from Pat and Julianne here. Let, right, let's got to dive into this. I, I kind of want to, I want to go back to the beginning, like a little bit chronological style here. Now I read that you grew up near Pittsburgh, right? Yeah. So a little bit North of the city. Um, and um, I went to a high school North of the city that was real big into sports. Um, always winning state championships in football and um, other sports. Uh, I was a cheerleader, so I didn't get to enjoy any of that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but other than winning a national championship, which is cool, but like 
to have done a more school organized sport. I'm I'm assuming that you grew up because of where you grew up. I'm assuming maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming that you grew up a fan of like the Pittsburgh sports teams. Yeah, yeah, I did. Um, So my dad and his brothers all played football at Pitt. My dad was football captain. My mom was cheerleading captain. That's why I exist. Wow. Um, Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So they met at Pitt. And um, so Pitt was my first love. Um, so that always came before anything. Um, I did like the Steelers growing up. They won two Super Bowls when I was in high school. Um, so that was awesome. Um, and then the year I graduated high school, they won a Super Bowl. And then the Penguins won the Stanley Cup, like beat the Red Wings in game seven. Like game seven started as I was at graduation. I was like, get me out of here. Like, <laughs> I, need, I need to watch this game. I don't care at all that I'm graduating. Like, I get me out. <laughs> I got to go back to this because I, I, I heard about your, not just your father, but you also had two uncles who were yeah. part of the University of Pittsburgh, like captains too. I mean, like yeah. that's, that's really impressive. That that's like some impressive DNA to be, to go to a major D one program and be not just on the team, but be captains of the team. Yeah. So they all were, um, they were all captains and my uncles, John and Jeff were on the national championship team. And then my dad came in right after um, so a lot of cool, um, classic college football games going on that we'd watch, uh, growing up. Um, yeah, so they, they're fantastic. And my cousin, John is a little older than I am. He's an assistant athletic director at Pitt now, but he also played a wow. tight end there. Yeah. Wow. So, so what were some of your, uh, what were some of your hobbies? Like some of the things that you were into as a young kid growing up? Honestly, this, like, I just, I knew what I wanted to be when I was like 10, 11 years old. And when uh, my cousin was playing at Pitt too, I really drove me to fall in love with the game because I would get grounded if I didn't go to Pitt games growing up. Like, I'm not kidding. (laughs) I was grounded. And so if I didn't go to a game, I didn't get to see my friends that weekend. So I was at every game and, you know, it became a can't beat them, join them kind (laughs) of situation there um but yeah so my hobby was always trying to to become a journalist become a better writer become you know more knowledgeable about sports go to games check things out um and it's kind of sad like I didn't have like too many hobbies outside of that like growing up that was that was about it I did a little musical theater and I I wasn't very good so (laughs) (laughs) Did you like when you were a kid, a lot of people who grew up to become news or, or sports journalists, they would do like their own fake newscast, even if it was just themselves, like in front of a mirror or something like that, practicing. Did you ever find yourself doing that as a kid? Yeah. And I would try to do a lot. And you'll hear like a lot of um, broadcasters now say this, that like, you know, you watch a game on mute and see if you can like keep up, see if you can, you know, mm-hmm. do your own play by play and just, yeah, stuff like that. I was always constantly pretending. And then once I got to high school, like, um, after eighth grade, I started going to journalism camp. every. <laughs> wow. Really? Yeah. So I'd have cheerleading camp and journalism camp every summer. I understand how nerdy that sounds. And they would do it. I did a couple at Point Park University in Pittsburgh and a couple at Ohio U. Uh, they have a really great program. And um, so I got to finally, like, as, you know, I'm still a young teenager at this point, get some hands-on experience. You know, my high school had a TV club. Like, 
that was what my hobby was. That was what was fun for me to do. That's it's so interesting to me. I've I've been blessed to have an opportunity to talk to so many sports or or news media journalists over the last couple of years of doing this show. And it's just the variable. Some people, when they're very young, like yourself, they knew that this was what they wanted to do. Some people, even throughout their entire teen years, had no clue what they wanted to do, or they never even thought of getting into the business. And then ultimately they did. I think it's really cool that you knew at such a, such a young age. Do you feel like now looking back, did it kind of come naturally to you? like doing what you're doing right now. Let me, let me ask you this too. And this is kind of fast forwarding and going up a little bit. Cause I want to talk about college and stuff like that too, but yeah. I'll jump ahead for a second. How long did it take you to get comfortable being in front of a camera? Because again, it's one thing to, if you're practicing by yourself or even taking classes, but well, you know, when that camera's on and there's lights behind you, or if you're doing a live shot and you know that there's people listening and, and, and watching everything you say, how long did it take you to get comfortable in your own skin doing that? You know what? It, it took time. That was one of the things that didn't come naturally to me. And I had to work really hard. Um, so I started, you know, we would do on-air stuff in college. I went to a great journalism school, one of the top five in the country at Maryland. And, but I did feel a little underprepared on camera when I left school. And part of that was my fault. Like, I think I could have done more to make sure I was on air more, what have you. But, um, but I, I really felt unprepared. And so I finally start a new job. And uh, fun fact, before, between college and starting that job, I helped open one of Dan Marino's restaurants, one of his chain restaurants, because that was my oh, dad's right. team. And they opened one in Pittsburgh. So I was a bartender for nine months looking for work. And wow. then I end up... Um, in small town, Ohio, I got hired as a producer. I wasn't really sure what a producer did, but I was writing the newscasts um, every day and um, writing the 11 o'clock news. And then I got to start filling in anchoring sports. And it was a Thanksgiving day, the first time I anchored. And I don't know if you've noticed, like some shows, um, every single show at my old station, when you finish sports, you do that little chit chat with the anchors and the meteorologist. At right, the end. yeah, yeah. I forgot that there was going to be chit chat. I mean, I just like panicked and I just, I was done and I was just like, that's it. <laughs> and, like, and the anchor next to me was like, all right, Julianne, like, thanks. Like nothing to add. And <laughs> I was so nervous. I was so nervous. Um, but eventually, you know, a couple of years later it did, kind of develop. I was lucky to be somewhere where I could develop, but it was a small enough market and people are forgiving of your mistakes for the most part, as long as you made it to their kids' basketball game. And if you run into them at the grocery store, just don't tell them their kids sucks at basketball. I don't know. So, <laughs> <laughs> but it was a good place to learn and to finally become comfortable on air. You mentioned the University of Maryland. That's where you went to school. Uh, let me ask you this. I ask all my sports media people this, why did you end up going there specifically? And were there other schools that you considered going to? Or was that somewhere where you knew for quite a while that you wanted to go to? And again, in your case, some people, when they're deciding on college, they really don't know what they want to do. But at this right. point, you were pretty locked in already. Like, why did you go there? Right. So it did break my heart that I couldn't go to Pitt. Um, 
But uh, they're building a journalism school right now, which is awesome, but they didn't have one. And I knew that I would be setting myself up for, you know, potentially not doing what I love if I went there. So that was, that sure. was tough to not go to Pitt. Um, I was going to go to Syracuse. Um, and then I got a C in AP Calc and my parents are like, we are not paying $55,000 a year for you to go to school when you're <laughs> Right. Yeah. So I was like, all right. So I went, I got into IU, um, Ohio U, uh, Penn State. My dad's just like, you, you can't, you can't go to Penn State. I don't care that it's like in-state and cheap. Like you can't go to Penn State. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's a big guy. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, and it just kind of fell on Maryland. I felt that I would have the best opportunities there. I could intern in DC and intern in Baltimore. And that's what I did. And I turned it into a job for a while in radio, uh, covering the Nats and the Orioles for Series XM. And so uh, it was, and you know, the journalism school was great. The campus is beautiful. And, you know, now that I look back, I can't see it any other way that and I was devastated when my parents told me I wasn't going to Syracuse. <laughs> but Maryland was the right place. It was the right place for me. What were some of the things that you learned while you were in school that helped you sharpen your skills, you know, and kind of hone your craft for what would become your career? Because it's one thing to know as a youngster that this is what you want to do with your life, but it's another thing to actually learn the craft and, you know, get really good at it. Like going to college, like what did you learn most? What helped you the most there? Well, we had some pretty amazing professors and we had a lot of late night classes because they were professionals working in DC during the day and then would come up to College Park. Um, so they try to weed people out early that aren't going to cut it. And um, so your first two years, you only write like and they teach you how to write, write and how to not make mistakes and be meticulous. And you don't even touch any kind of on air TV anything like that until your junior year. Um, so they teach you how to write and then you start to introduce packages and what have you and um, learning how to put stories together on camera and on air and learning how to shoot video well and what video is gonna go with what words well, how to write to your video. But like, I will say that they turned us into fantastic writers. Um, I think that's the like strongest thing I learned when I was in school um, because they were really strict on us. And, you know, if something wasn't stylistically right, like, you know, you just got docked. It, it was tough. And I think it was really good. There are a lot of people that I've graduated with that are just, you know, I see their work still and I'm like, wow, this person's an incredible writer. Like yeah. when I got to my first job, that was one thing I felt ready. I'm like, oh, well, look, my writing can keep up. Before we uh, get to Buffalo, which we'll talk about Buffalo in a minute here, you spent nearly six years after school as a sports weekend um, anchor and reporter for an NBC box affiliate in uh, Steubenville, Wheeling. Yeah. That's like, it's like on the Ohio, for people out there who don't know, it's like on the Ohio, uh, West Virginia border. Yes. So talk about that job a little bit, the experience of working and not just working, but living in that area a little bit. <laughs> I have stories, Patrick, but um, no, so I did live there for six years. It was nice that it was close to home. Um, so it's an hour from home. And like, yeah, it, it's so uh, it's about 50 minutes west of Pittsburgh. And when you drive through there, it's on the Ohio River. And when you drive to Steubenville, um, you drive like 
five miles through West Virginia, like from Pittsburgh. So you're in Pennsylvania, then you're in West Virginia for less than five minutes, and then you're in Ohio. A lot of people can't understand that and like can't wrap right. their brains around that, but it's the northern panhandle. Um, so yeah, I moved in there. I lived there for six years. Um, I made a lot of great friends there that will be friends for life, um, especially at my station, but also in the community and the city. Um, it, it was a really cool and unique place to live. Um, I think having the last name Pelosi and being Italian was beneficial. You know, somebody <laughs> would just come up and pump your gas one day because they like your work. But I'm like, do you like my work? Or do you just like me because I'm Italian and everybody else is here? <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a cool place to live. And there were great people. There wasn't much to do. But um, then I would just go home to Pittsburgh and, you know, see my family and see my friends. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, I'm back with Julianne. So you came to Buffalo... You joined Channel 2 near the end of 2020. Talk to us a little bit about that process, like how that opportunity came about to come to Buffalo and what that process was like. And if it was a a tough decision for you at that time. Yeah, it was scary because I was at the point where I was at six years of my station and it was was time to move on. I had signed my contract, uh, a two-year contract with them. Uh, the last one, because I was working as the in-game host for the Steelers, I was the in arena host, like on the Jumbotron and everything. And I was like, you know, what? if they'll let me do both, then I'll, I'll stick around. But by the time we had six, six years, it was, it was time to go. Um, but the pandemic was going on. There weren't sports jobs opening up. And um, so I was going to have to resign for a year because I was like, well, I'm not going to have a job. And there were no sports to cover. So my sports director would do like, whatever's going on in sports, whatever's can it's basically did like an update of what's canceled every day. 
And they had me doing a travel segment for the last few months I was there. And I was just traveling around and golfing and trying different food and boating. And that was <laughs> honestly not bad. So it was hard to leave. They were able to, and then this job in Buffalo came up and there were not sports jobs coming up. Um, and like I had a couple jobs in the bag, but then the pandemic started and new jobs just weren't opening. And a lot of people were losing their jobs, but had to take a chance on myself. And so I saw this Buffalo job the day I was supposed to resign. And I was like, I, I can't resign. Like I have to go for this. So they were able to keep me on a couple more months. And then um, I worked as a cart girl at the country club next door to where I lived. And that was good money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, I ended up here in Buffalo. Um, Adam Benini calls me one day and was like, Hey, are you still available? And I was like, yeah. He said, yeah. Um, so we're going to want to get you in here. So, um, it was the best call ever. And, um, you know, we had to do some onboarding stuff, but by the time I got the job, I was here, you know, after I got hired, I was here maybe a week and a half, two weeks later. So, yeah. 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 And I, it was, so the hard decision was to walk away from my old job without knowing I was going to get this job. Um, That was the hard decision. But I was like, if I really think I can sell myself, I think I can get it. And um, so I, you know, took a gamble. Well, it paid off. And a lot of people are very happy that that gamble has paid (laughs) off. We all enjoy your work. But, you know, and I should have asked you this earlier, but I'll ask you now. We talked a lot about journalism and you knowing what you wanted to do. Was it definitely, did you always want to be a sports reporter? Was it always sports for you? Like, did you have thoughts in your mind of being a, a news reporter or a news anchor? Did you always want to, did you know you always wanted to do sports? I always wanted to do sports. Yeah. And I had a lot of news directors on interviews I'd go to or my old news director saying, you know, you would fly up markets if you did a morning show. And I said, well, I guess what? I don't want to do a morning show. Like, mm. I don't, like, I don't <laughs> I like I I love what I do. I love doing sports, and to me, that's the only thing that like makes the job almost worth it. You know, because there's a lot of hard hours. There's a lot that's difficult in this business, and being able to talk about sports and somebody pays me money for it like is wild to me. But the talking about sports part, um, it's the biggest thing for me. So no, that's that's. But the travel segment was fun, and if the Food Network called. I might be gone. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems to me like you have a very good relationship with uh, with your colleagues over at Channel 2. And talk about relationships inside a TV station and how important it is to have a successful newscast and stuff. Because my stance has always been, and I've talked about this with other guests too, when you're on camera and you're doing a job and you're with other people, chemistry is something that you can't front on. You can't no. fake it. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, so you come to Buffalo in November 2020, obviously COVID is in full swing. So you probably have had some challenges in terms of, you know, maybe if you came to Buffalo five years ago, everyone's at the station all the time. Whereas because of COVID, people are, are I'm sure they're less. I don't know how it is right now, but I know at the time, you know, people were barely even coming in. Everybody was working from home. Um so I'm sure there's challenges there. We'll just talk a little bit about like the chemistry that you have at Channel 2 and just how important it is to have chemistry when you're on the air doing work. 
Oh, it's so important. So yeah, when I got here, um, I anchored from home maybe the first like and reported yeah. from home maybe the first like six to eight months or so. Yeah. I so I tried to start building relationships when producers would call me, I'd call them after work to go over a show and then just kind of chat after and get to know them um, for a little bit. And um, it is so important because, and especially when you're working from home and you're like basically flying blind, like if you're anchoring from home, you don't have a teleprompter. You don't have like, there's a lot and you, you can't see your video too. So like if you're trying to do highlights and look at the video and just, show what you see like you, you can't do that because you can't see the video and everything so that's a challenge working from home so you have to be able to trust um the people that you work with because it's a very high stress environment uh you know there is breaking news every day there is something that needs to get done quickly and you need to trust that the person you're working with is going to get it done so i think that the newsroom environment at channel two it's a lot of people who really like each other and more importantly, really trust each other. Yeah. Uh, so now you've been in Buffalo a little more than a year. So you've had more than just a cup of coffee at this point Yeah. in, in Western New York. What is it about Western New York from your experience of being in and out for a little more than a year? What is it that you've come to like the most? So when I came to look at apartments here before I moved, um, I cried into a buffalo chicken salad, like real tears into the salad. <laughs> And I said to my mom, she came up with me. I was like, I can't believe I get to live here. And she's like, what, what makes you think? Like, what, why do you feel that way? And I was like, the girl who just served me my salad was so nice. The people are, like at the hotel where we're staying are so yeah. nice. Like everyone's so nice and they don't have to be. Everyone waves at you. Like when you're walking down the street and, um, you know, Pittsburgh's also like, it's, you know, it's a Midwestern city. Like people are kind to each other, but it's not, it's not like this. You know, I go home and I go for a run and people don't wait for me. And I'm like, well, that's rude. Like, <laughs> um, so I love that, like how friendly people were. And the, like my first experience of Bill's Mafia was um, when they won the AFC East um, last year and everyone was at the airport. And so I went up to the airport and there were so many like just drunk, happy almost Canadian people that were like not <laughs> fighting. Yeah. Like, I'm just like, oh my gosh, if this were Pittsburgh, like people would be beating the snot out of each other right now somewhere. And like, no, everyone was so friendly and like people were drunk. It was a Saturday. Like right. people didn't have to go to work the next day. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, like these people really just love this team. And that's the whole reason they're here. They're not, here to start a riot they're they're here because they want to support this team and they're also friendly to each other so yeah, i think that's so cool it is I, i've said this before spending five years in florida and being in buffalo my whole life you kind of take things for granted when you well, no matter where you grow up if, if you're around somewhere your whole life you kind of just get used to the way things are and you kind of take things for granted and i'm sure i did that i went to florida for five years and florida is very nice i mean the scenery is nice the people are nice enough but it's more like down there it's People just tend to keep to themselves a little bit. Whereas Buffalo, it is a very friendly. I mean, look, there's good and bad in every city in, in the country. All right. I'm not, and Buffalo's not perfect. But generally speaking, people are very good to each other. And I've said this before. It doesn't matter what area you live in. If it's South Buffalo, North Buffalo, Hamburg, doesn't matter. When you live in an area, if little Jimmy's got a hockey fundraiser, he has a bear blast, half that goddamn neighborhood's going to show up to it. You know what I mean? It's just... People have each other's backs in Western New York, and that's really cool. And speaking of 
that like just you know the the friendliness. I've talked about this too. I'm going to ask you, sports media, like your comp, and I use air quotes. The competition. Yeah. You guys, you guys, you girls are collectively, from everything I've heard by all accounts, a pretty tight knit group. Now it's competitive. You know what I mean? Like you want to, you want to get the best story. You want to do the best job, but at the same token, it seems to me, and I want you to speak on this a little bit, like you covering the bills or, or the Sabres, just the media together. It's a pretty friendly group here in Buffalo, isn't it? Yeah, it, it's, it's competitive, but we're all, we're all friends. We really are. And uh, the way that it seems is the way that it is now are like Hamilton and Morrow going to bicker for fun in front of everybody in the press box. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> No, they're great. They're great. And you can see the respect that everybody kind of like has for each other and that we all have for each other. You know, yesterday we're sitting in the press box and the Antonio Brown thing happens and, uh, you know, we're all watching it together, all chatting about it. And then a couple of the guys went up and watched the end of the Ravens game to see if the Ravens lost and is letting everybody know about it and um you know it's all like it's all fun and we all get along we all laugh together and the first day I covered a Bills practice um I parked my car and Sal Capaccio and Jenna Calaria were just literally waiting outside of my car like hey I heard you're new like I heard you're coming and like John Scott <laughs> popped in and like it was like a first day of school where like everyone at the school is actually really nice and so everyone just gets along and it, it's, um, it's, it's really refreshing to see because a lot of markets don't exactly have that. I'll say this too. You, you say refreshing. I'll tell you what else is refreshing. The influx of talented women working now in sports media in Western New York. You have yourself, you have Ashley mm -hmm. at, at Channel 2. You've, you mentioned Jenna. Just over this past year, two very talented people left, uh, Matthew Fairburn and, and Marcel. But yeah. Catherine's done a great job with the news. Elena's doing a really good job with ESPN. It's it's very refreshing to see a nice influx of women doing work in the sports media in Western New York as well. Yeah, there are so many women in this market now. And Heather, of course, too. Um, yeah, yeah. Prusak and Mary Margaret Johnson. Yep. And so, you know, it's awesome to see how many women are represented in sports media in this market and how well we are treated and respected um it, it's really cool and um you you know a lot of markets are moving this way but so many still are not and it right. works here and it, and it should it should work you know because we're out there working just as hard making sure that we're on top of our games just as much. What's your take on social media? I mean, because it, it's a very double-edged sword because on one hand, it gives you an opportunity to uh, connect with your audience, sometimes mm -hmm. on a more personal level, always on a professional level. Um, obviously, if you have a story to put out, you get out right away. You know, the whole world has the at least right. the potential to see your content instantly. So that's really cool. And you can meet some cool people, you know, make forms of good relationships on Twitter too. But there is also the ugly side to Twitter. You know, there's the trolls and the mean people whose sole purpose in life seems to be to, to incite reactions from whether it's celebrities or whether it's athletes or whether it's journalists like yourself and a lot of your peers kind of, how do you kind of balance that? Like, what's your opinion like on social media? So 
So I think social media is fantastic. I think it's such a great tool for journalists. I mean, news doesn't break on air anymore. You know, it's breaking on Twitter. It's breaking on websites. And so it's just the new age of this medium. And so it's, I, I love social media. I hate when people are nasty to each other. Um, and, you know, people take it too far. It, people do take it too far. However, when people are nasty to me, I just, I don't, I don't care. It's like, <laughs> it's, like it's not even gum on my shoe. Like Good. some guy like, told me to drop the Twinkies once because I tweeted about Cole Beasley's vaccination status. And I'm like, all right, like, should I not be eating like 20 a day then? Like, should I, <laughs> should I dial that back? <laughs> like, Good for you to be able yeah. to do that. Yeah, I got called an old hag once too. And I was like, excuse me, sir, I'm a very youthful hag. But <laughs> it's just like, I, you know, though, but I haven't had anyone go too far yet. But people do just think that they can say anything to you online and it doesn't hurt people. And for me, it doesn't. But like for a lot of people, like we're humans, we're human beings. We're like, we're not just like on TV Right. And that's it. Like we don't exist outside of that. So um, it's hard for some people. I've talked to to many people in sports media and they've admitted it. I'm not going to throw out names or whatever, but there's people out there who struggle, who's to to not let that get to them, to not let it get under their skin too much. And they get sucked into, you know, battles on Twitter and and going back at people. And you're you're giving the trolls what what they want Mm -hmm. when you do that. So. I'm glad that that was a good answer for you. I had to ask you this too, because now you've been in Buffalo for over a year and we haven't even talked about this yet. I don't know. Maybe you're not. Do you, do you like wings? Are you a wings girl? Yes. Yes. I love wings. Give me a few um, of your favorite places. I got to ask you that. Okay. So I've only been to Barbell once. I really like Barbell. Mm-hmm. Um, I, so there are a couple places near me and of those, I've been going to JJ's Casa de Pizza a lot. Yeah, um, they're good. I don't know why. I just love their wings. And then, so I haven't gotten to try like too many places. I have not tried Gabriel's Gate yet. I haven't tried Duff's yet. Um, what is it? Um, Lenova, fantastic. Yeah. And um, I've done Carbones a few times. They're also pretty good. Fantastic. They're pretty yeah, good. Not, not many people have, talk about them. There, I can think of like one place I had wings and I'm like, <laughs> like, I'm just going <laughs> to. You know, it's funny. It's funny that you mention uh, Casa de Pizza because one thing about Florida, you know, I'm nice when I speak of Florida, but one thing I will tell you is that their food sucks. Their wings, their pizza, but especially their wings are complete trash. And when you you're so spoiled when you're in Buffalo because, you know, I always we always talk about our favorite wing places, but the reality is. You and I could go out to wing for wings at probably 50 places in Buffalo, and we probably would enjoy 45 to 48 of those places. You know what I mean? Maybe one a little bit more than the other, but we're still, it's going to be an enjoyable eating experience. Well, not in Florida, but I was blessed because Casa de Pizza actually had a restaurant in Bradenton, Florida, like literally no six minutes from my house. Yeah. So I was really lucky. And that was literally the only place in Florida uh, <laughs> where I would be able to, uh, to go eat. But anyway, um, before I want to talk bills for a second, but, and then we're going to get to the fun fact finale. I do want to ask you one question. And I ask every sports media person, it's glad to get important. You never know who might be listening. There might be someone younger listening. 
guy, girl, doesn't matter who might value what you say. Like for somebody who uh, wants to get into this business and doing what you're doing right now, you know, speak about, you know, to this point, the career you've been able to carve out, like what's the best advice you can give someone who might want to do what you're doing? So um, I have a lot of young people in college who, you know, know my family, know an acquaintance who will reach out to me and want to discuss how to move forward in this business. And I always start with, well, how badly do you want it? Like, how much is it going to drive you? Because it's my favorite thing that I do besides like, you know, spend time on my faith and family. Like, this is my favorite thing. My, my, my job is my favorite thing that I do. And so it took me six years to get to Buffalo and I'm so lucky to be here, but you know, like six years of really low pay, hardly being able to afford your rent and, you know, constantly, and I, and I still, we still have to work holidays and nights and weekends. And it's, that doesn't change. You will always work holidays, nights and weekends in this career. That's just the right. way that it is. So you're, you're going to miss a lot, you know, a lot of family time and time with your friends, you're going to miss people's weddings. And so at some point it has to really be worth it to you. And that's what I always ask people. And I've had a few kids I've talked to just say, you know what? No, it's, it's not like, I want to be able to be there for everything with my family, etc. And then some people have said yes. And I've watched them go on and have fantastic start, fantastic careers. Yeah. Um, but that's my biggest advice is like where to get started. And then also like, you know, if you're in school, get involved with the newspaper, get involved with like the TV station at your university or at your school. Um, just the more reps that you can get, the more that you can put a tape together for a news director to watch once you get out of college, the better. And just intern, 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 intern anywhere you can. Um, great, great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you, um, you learn by doing. Let's turn our attention just for a few minutes here. Then I want to get out of here with the fun fact finale, but we'll talk about one of the teams anyway that you cover the Bills. Sunday, a uh, well, a win is a win, I guess. You know, they, <laughs> yeah. they beat they defeated Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Baltimore lost. You you mentioned this. They are in the playoffs. They clinch a playoff spot. That's the that's the biggest takeaway everyone should have right now. That said. Four turnovers, three interceptions, you know, a couple of them were fluky, but he also had the the fumble on the punt return. And show me a team in the AFC that's going to make the playoffs, and I'll show you a team that's probably going to beat the Bills if the Bills turn the ball over four times two weeks from now. But uh, your thoughts on that game, but also uh, if you want to take an optimistic approach, I I feel like you could talk about, well, the offensive lines look good for the last couple weeks, and uh, the running game got going big time. Devin Singletary had a really good game Sunday. Talk about some of your takeaways from that game. Yeah, I mean, the offensive line has looked better. And I think to me, that's been the biggest concern this season. I mean, there have been so many games where Josh doesn't have any time to throw. That's your best asset. You need to protect your best asset. So, you know, I would always kind of get frustrated. I'm like, you know, their second second round pick, uh, Creed Humphrey was still available. And, you know, um, right. so... I, I, it's good to see the offensive line playing well, especially uh, Deion Dawkins playing a lot better um, because, you know, you worried about him after he was sick. He just seemed to be a little bit of a shell of himself for a while after he had COVID the first time in the summer. So um, it's good to see the offensive line playing well. Yeah. Again, you can't turn over the ball 
four times and expect to win a game, even if it's against the Atlanta Falcons, and then do that against a playoff team, yeah, you're right. Like, you will lose that game. So I don't know if they were just getting too cute and they, you know, had a lead and just thought that they could I, – I don't know. I don't know by – I don't know how those all happened. So, and yeah, some of them were fluky, but you got to protect the ball better than that. I do also worry a little bit about, I mean, the way that Josh runs the ball. I asked Devin Singletary after the game yesterday, I said, are you going to let him in the running backs room? And he's like, yeah. And he's like, y'all know he'll leap over you. Like he does it all. And he's like, yeah, he's definitely welcoming the running backs room but it does concern me you know there are plays where he's literally like somebody like turned his whole head around you know what I mean and so it does concern me how much he does have to run the football when they get into a bind and in a game and they were in a bind and that's what he had to do I just other quarterbacks aren't really doing that right now and it's because well they are and it's just you worry about keeping Josh healthy yeah, for sure. I'll, I'll say this too. Well, obviously, turnovers are always a great equalizer. If two teams that are not of equal skill play, turnovers will always be the great equalizer for the inferior team. That first interception, I was watching a game with my, my son on Sunday. Josh Allen rolled out to the right. He eventually threw it into the end zone and it was picked off in the end zone. And my first reaction was like, oh. But then it's like, you know, you can't accept or expect perfection from any player. And it feels like with a player like Josh Allen, you kind of have to live with those because at the same token, that could have just easily been a, a touchdown catch. And he's right. one of the few people that make that play. And then you're going nuts saying no one else can make this play. It's kind of like you almost have to be willing to take the good with the bad. Obviously, you want to see less right. bad plays, but he's that type of player, isn't he? And it's not like he's throwing three picks a game. Like Beanie uh, and I looked it up yesterday during the game when he threw his third pick. You know, he hasn't done that since they played and they lost to New England the first time um, in 2019. So it's not like he's, you know, he's going to throw interceptions, but he's not like this absolute turnover machine. And then the benefit is worth, like what you get from Josh Allen is worth it. I don't know if you saw when he missed Stephon Diggs. He went deep for Diggs yesterday. Mm -hmm. I mean, he must have thrown that ball 60 yards. Like. Like, I mean, you're just, that's such hard talent to find, to find. And you see so many teams just like trying to figure it out and find their franchise quarterback. And like the Bills are so lucky that they have theirs and they will for a long time. I want to mention one more player and then we'll end with the fun fact finale. And you mentioned him earlier, Deion Dawkins. So you go back to the New England game last week and he was off COVID for a second time, he was on the COVID list and he wasn't healthy enough to start that game, but he was there, but he, he was like kind of an emergency player. And then fairly early in the game, Ike Bakker went down and they had to switch everything around. Feliciano wasn't available either, or I think it might've been Cody Ford, whatever. But my point is this, Deion Dawkins was not healthy enough to start that game, but then he came in, he had to, and he game. played left tackle and he played great. And it seems like ever since he came into that game, the offensive line has looked a lot better. Now, Ryan Bates has been playing left guard, and he's looked, at least to my naked eye, really good. But just talk about what you think the significance of Deion Dawkins coming back to the lineup meant. Not even maybe just so much for the physical talent, but maybe just, I don't know, I called it a really gutsy thing for him to do because, again, he was not healthy enough to start that New England game, 
but yet he came in and played, and he played well, and obviously played well against Atlanta as well. I feel like maybe morally he gave the, the entire offense a lift just by him gutting it up and coming back on the field. Yeah, I mean, that could be it. Um, it's hard to really put your finger to put your finger on it, but, you know, he is definitely a very good leader. I know he doesn't have a C on his chest this year, but there's a reason that he did before. And I think he's a great leader for the team. And I think he's a great teammate. And so he's going to do like, you know, he's not feeling 100%, but he's going to go in that game if he needs to be in that game and get his job done. So, you know, I thought they looked a lot better yesterday. I'd like to, you know, see them again against a good pass rush and see what happens, though. Sure. Um, yeah. You know, so, you know, because, I mean, you think back to the Steelers game, like they were holding on every single play. It's like, mm-hmm. are you going to see that? Are you are you going to see that again? And, and they couldn't stop them if they weren't holding. So, right. <laughs> you know, so I, I am curious to see what happens to them in the postseason when they're going to see probably a good pass rush again. Yeah, um, no question. No question. The good thing is that we're going to see them in the postseason again. That's yes. for a third straight year. That That's always cool. All right, here's what I want to do. I want to end with the fun fact finale. I do this every time okay. I get a guest on for the first time. Basically, I'm just going to ask you a handful of random questions, not a lot of deep thought required, kind of like rapid fire style. Whatever the first thing that pops in your mind, that's going to be your answer. You cool? Great. All right. right. Let's do it. All right. Let's rock. Favorite all-time athlete? Oh, my God. These are going to get hard. (laughs) I'm telling you now. It's it's fun. I'm laughing because I've had so many people on too. If they don't know this is coming and I don't let them prepare, which I don't, uh, <laughs> they right. get, you're going to get stumped a few times, but yeah. Favorite all-time athlete. I know my dad. He's my dad. Your dad. Okay. Know. You're dead. Listen, my, dad, listen, my dad's going to listen to the podcast he <laughs> Twitter every day. He doesn't have a Twitter, but he looks every day. Like, yeah. He's All right. That's not my answer. Favorite city that you have visited. Toronto. Toronto? Okay. Who was your first celebrity crush that you can remember? Oh, uh, probably Brady Quinn. Brady Quinn. Oh my God. My my cousin is the biggest Brady Quinn fan on the face of this earth. I can't wait to tell him that. <laughs> what is your, uh, what's your like go-to snack? It's midnight. You can't sleep, whatever, man. You, you, you go in your house or your fridge, your pantry, whatever, your favorite snack. Oh, this is disgusting. Um, but I, I uh, do the keto diet. I have been for like five years. So I like absolutely demolish pork rinds. <laughs> <laughs> I have some pork rinds. <laughs> They're so good. And it's like the chef. So pork rinds, yeah. Okay, okay. What movie have you probably rewatched more than any other movie? Oh, no, has he? Goodfellas. Okay. Goodfellas. Yeah. What is your, call yourself out here. What, what's your like, what's your worst habit? Um, procrastinating. Procrastinating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Name a name a TV game show that you feel like if you were on it, you potentially could do very well. Whether it's something from the present, something from the past, any era, just a game show you think you'd be good on. Oh my gosh, I don't watch a lot of TV other than sports. Um, what are, what is there? I don't even know what game shows there are. Are there some <laughs> game shows? Just do the uh, do what everyone else says. And just say Family Feud with your family. That's pretty much all right. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I think just stir things up on the bachelor though. All right. Well, there you go. All right. So <laughs> listen, so instead of, uh, instead of us taping this interview right now via 
computer. Let's just say we're we're out. Let's say we're at Casa de Pizza right now. We're having some wings, a couple brews, and there's karaoke going on. All right. And in this world, Julianne is an incredible singer. All right. And I'm going to talk you into it. I'm going to say, you know what? Get up there. And you're going to get up there. You're going to grab the mic. What song are you going to rock out or or a ballad, whatever it's going to be, that's really going to get the crowd into it. Like, what would be your signature karaoke song? Whether you actually do have one or at least one that you would in your mind. Huh. I mean, if I could, like, if I could sing anything, probably mm-hmm. I'd want to dance with somebody. But I love that song. By the way, I don't know if you know, the Sal Capaccio is actually an incredible karaoke singer. No. Yeah, next time you see Sal... Tell them, say, say, hey, I heard that. Uh, yes, you should sing. We, I heard you could sing some uh, karaoke really good. All right, couple more here. Yeah. If you, which by the way, this next question here, I normally would have an idea of by talking to you about your early years, but this is going to be a legitimate tough one. If you had never got involved in this industry, or if you, you gave it your shot and you just it didn't work out, what do you think you'd be doing right now? Um, because you've always wanted to do this. That's why I think it's a tough question. It's all I've ever wanted to do. Um, probably something in nutrition and wellness. Probably. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I guess like, yeah, that's, that's all I got for you. That's a good one. No, that's a good one. All right. We talked about Twitter earlier. Let me ask you this. Who's your favorite Twitter follow, whether it's a person, an organization, whatever it may be. Well, of course you know, stop it. Who is my favorite? Uh, oh my gosh, John Morrow retweets sometimes the dad jokes account, and I started following it, and I am addicted to the dad jokes. Dad oh jokes, <laughs> they're so funny. Can I pull them up for you? Or is that going to take too much time? Um, no. See how quickly I can pull up a dad joke, like a good one, because they are so. These, I mean, these are just fantastic. They're terrible and great at the same time. Like Cobra um, Kai on Netflix. That's is a terribly great show. By the way, let me ask you this while you're looking that up. Are, are, have you watched that show on Netflix? Which one? Oh, you just said you don't watch much of any sports. Cobra Kai. Oh, no, but I've thought about it. So I'm very into that kind of stuff. And Do so, it. Right. Yeah, I've heard <laughs> yeah. it's not good. So All right, give me a dad joke. joke. All right. Um, I asked my dad why he decided to buy a boat. He said there was a sale. Oh, my God. <laughs> I wish I had a go- I wish I had a gong button to crack here on this mixer. <laughs> All right, I got two more questions for you. Then I'll let you go. Give us a a fun fact about you that maybe most people don't know. Well, uh, coming off the Cobra Kai stuff, um, I love boxing. I love to yeah. spar. I love like, and, and so my general manager Jim Tolner is legitimately concerned that I like would actually fight in a ring one day. He's like, so you're like not gonna do that right <laughs> <laughs> i'm like um i'm like no like my face is an important part and like i know if i fought for a first time i'm sure i get rocked but like um i love boxing and i'm still looking for like the right gym here to be able to do it uh, well if, if you so if fun. you ever do fight can you fight warrell for me and beat him up <laughs> <laughs> i don't know about that i don't know i don't i don't know if i got him he's probably got quick hands all right last question here i always and it the same way. I want you to give me three people, famous people, any era, dead or alive, if they were at your place tonight and you can sit down at a dinner table, have some good eats, maybe a couple of drinks, whatever it is that you want, and have a nice chit chat, whether it's laughing or serious conversation, whatever 
you're in the mood for. Give me three people, any era that you could have for dinner. Who who do you got? Um, I don't really have like no answers to these. It was really funny. Like I don't know. I don't know. Um, like probably well, definitely Joe Pesci. Like if Joe Pesci's gonna bring the energy. Sure. Uh, sure. Joe Pesci's one. Um, you know, I'm not a history buff, so there's nobody like in history who like sports with like a really. I don't know. It's a tough question. It's a, it's a tough question. I don't know. Well, Can Joe I Pesci. I mean, you said Good Goodfellas was your favorite, uh, your yeah. favorite movie. Yeah. So I totally get the Joe Pesci. Uh, um, what about your celebrity crush? Oh, Brady Quinn. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You don't need him at your dinner table, huh? Nah, he's a married <laughs> man. Um. Yeah, can I just have dinner by myself? <laughs> you can. <laughs> um, let's see. Joe Push- Pesci is a good one. And, you know, it would just do the cast of Goodfellas there. Let's All right, good. There Goodfellas, go. that works. All right, good <laughs> stuff. Everyone, give Julianne a follow on Twitter. It's at Julianne yeah. Lucy. Of course, check out the work she does at WGRZ TV. Great stuff. This was fun. I feel like I've gotten to know you more in the last. 50 minutes, well, more than ever, because this is literally our first conversation. I feel right, like yeah. people are going to get a lot out of this. This was a, this was a lot of fun and it was really nice to finally have you on the podcast. So thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, it was great to be on. It was fun. And uh, I really wish I could answer rapid fire questions better. Like that was, <laughs> that was me. And I'm supposed to like my part of my job's thinking on my feet. Like what the heck was that? So <laughs> All right, boys and girls, that is going to do it for another episode. Very, very big thank you one more time. Julianne Pelosi, WGRZ TV, Channel 2 in Buffalo. Fantastic job. I'm a big fan of hers. Make sure you follow her on Twitter, at Julianne Pelosi. Again, thank you very much, Julianne. Guys, girls, if you have not yet subscribed to this podcast, please, please, please take like 20 seconds. Go ahead and do that right now. Subscribe, rate, and review. We're on podcasts, Spotify, all the major podcasting platforms out there. And also, follow us on YouTube, Talking Buffalo Podcast. Again, I really haven't had any videos on there in a while, but that is going to change very, very soon. We do have a page on YouTube. Again, Talking Buffalo Podcast. So make sure you go ahead and subscribe to that. Of course, last but not least, follow me on Twitter, at Hammeran Tweets. I am constantly on Twitter, uh, podcast promos, upcoming guests, polls, sports talk, pop culture stuff, all kinds of things. I'm on Twitter all the time. I love Twitter. So make sure you follow me there at Pamoran Tweets. Thank you very, very, very much for listening. I say it all the time. I mean it. Can't tell you how much I appreciate everybody, anyone out there, whether it's 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 60 minutes, whatever it is, when you're giving up some of your time, to listen to this show and the people that are on it. It means the world to me. So thank you very, very much. Have a a good week. Stay safe. Stay warm. If you live in Buffalo anyway, stay warm. We'll be back. Brand new episode. Casual Friday returns. And it's actually going to be back on Fridays. Hasn't been on Fridays for a while because of the holidays and stuff. But Casual Friday, Joe Yurden coming up. Talk to you guys soon.
The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.